Welcome into the Pokes Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. Uh, special thanks, special shout out to Vernon out here at Bad oh, Brad's allowing us to uh, so allowing us to record our pod out here. I've got a radio show that's uh, going to start in about 20 minutes, so uh, he, he graciously allowed us to record here really quick. Um, and I say 20 minutes because we start at 3 o'clock. We just got off the phone with Robert. Uh, we're going to plug Robert into this podcast here. He did about 18 to 19 minutes with us about fall camp and about all the players, which is obviously what this podcast is going to be about because we're officially into football season. Such great insight. Can, oh. you, can you feel it? Oh, yes. Can you, and when, okay, when does when does the football season start for you? Ooh. I know you're in a you're in a reporter mode, Honestly, mode, and oh, when, do, when does the feel of it start? So it's strange because I have multiple feelings. <laughs> right. um, so Big 12 Media Days for me is like the official, official kickoff. Okay. Because coaches are there, players are there. You don't learn anything. Maybe a couple of bits here, a couple of bits there. But that means we're, th- we're almost there. We're two weeks to three weeks to fall camp, um, and we're, we're into it. So for me, Big 12 Media Days is about where I'm at there. Okay. Um, used to be that in June, yeah. it was like second week of June is when they would release – EA Sports in the game. Oh yeah, NCAA football is that game. July twenty three. I think, now? You, I think, is that I think right? it is. It's going to be yeah. a year from now. So Big Twelve Media Days, the second week of July, is when it like officially starts to kind of feel like Big Twelve or uh, football season. Obviously, report day uh, a couple days before fall camp. That's another one because you start to see the clips of players getting their helmets and getting fitted and moving into their lockers. Speaking of lockers, they're slick, ain't they? <laughs> oh, those TVs above it. Oh man. Um, and then, obviously, the day fall camp starts, we, we get to go out there. We talk to Gundy. We talk to a couple of players. You get to watch. It's practice. You get to watch the first 15, 20 minutes of stretch and warm-ups. Uh, so there's that. And then, uh, then it's just kind of similar for the next two to three weeks. But game week, the Monday, Monday of game week, we meet with Gundy. We meet mm-hmm. with players on Tuesday. Uh, I know Robert, the radio crew, they meet with coordinators on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Which so, will be the game day, so correct. they'll have to adjust that. Yeah, but. so I'm, I think nope. we still talk to Gundy on Monday. I think, I think the week is still the same except for, obviously, game day. But game week for me, oh yeah, that's the official this football season. Yeah. But I'm, I'm excited the whole – like when, when, fall, when fall camp officially starts, it's like I actually have content. I don't have to talk about watch lists. I don't have to talk about projected preseason rankings. I don't have to talk about preseason rankings, you know. I will because I think they come out next week. I think it's Monday when the AP poll releases. It still won't matter. Oh, wow. But I think it's Monday. Um, but you actually have stuff to talk about. We, we, and that's what's coming up here in about 10 or so minutes. We talked to Robert, and it's still fall camp. It's still practice. It's only three days into it, but we got a lot more insight than what we knew on Tuesday, I couldn't imagine being in Robert's shoes on the thing. He gets to see so much more. When when the media gets ushered out, he's part of the radio crew. Yeah. Dave and John and, and Robert get to stay around, and they get to see all of practice, but they can't talk about all of practice. Like, uh, was it when uh, when Tylen Wallace tore his ACL in practice? Yeah. That was after the media was there. They can't, they can't talk about that. Yeah. And so for him to have radio show, website, coming on, you know, doing a podcast, I couldn't imagine always having to think about what you can't say and when did it happen and yeah. what you can say. And well, and we all, you know, he does a daily radio show here in town, uh, the same station that I'm fixing to uh, do a show for. But it's, it's not even just that. Like, it, he, he gets away with saying some stuff, but 
we're content creators on Pokes Report, you know, and so the amount of messages and the amount of comments you get uh, that he gets and that I get, it's like, well, this was announced. When did you know about it? Like, well, right. we knew on Monday, yeah. but it was announced Saturday. But that's the that's the give and take, and it's uh, sometimes it's it's bad, you know. Sometimes it's like this would be huge for us, mm-hmm. but. We can't obviously can't report it. Some things like sure. you know because then you lose your you lose some privilege and, and that's that's there's a lot of give and take with any media outlet. But Robert, yeah, I can't imagine. The, but you'll walk that line with recruits as well, yeah. Uh, because yeah. there's a lot of times that you know of you know a recruit that is going to commit, but you're waiting on the recruit to get his graphics, and Absolutely. you know how Twitter goes now. Um, won't even tell your own podcast partner. I don't, I, I don't know. A lot yeah, of, so, I know, so you just give me the, yeah, I don't know, man. A lot of the times I, I do know, but it never, it doesn't come up to be like, I'm going to, this is important enough to talk about. Right. But it is, you know. Um, no, I'm just giving you a hard yeah, time. Yeah, I know. We got about 10 minutes here uh, of, of time that we get to record. Um, so I'll let you, uh, you've, I've got notes and you've got notes, but the stuff I wanted to talk about, we're going to hear coming up here in just a couple of minutes from Robert. So mm-hmm. um, I'll let you, I mean, if you want to, you know, what's the, what's the, most pressing issue, you know, in, yeah. in your mind that, that we need to talk about first. Well, from fall camp and, and post sport, you guys wrote about it that Trace Ford is a full go. Oh, man, yeah. Trace Ford is a – he is That's a huge. difference maker. You only get 11 guys on the defense. When you put somebody that good, that fast, that yeah. big, he's bigger than he used to be. He's big. When you get that guy out there, he's a – it's like adding Vaughn Miller. I yeah. mean, he is a – when he played here, and a lot of people forget because that was two years ago, he was a game changer. He was calling Oliver before calling Oliver. Yeah. Oh, they went to the same high school. Good luck in high school. So, Edmund Santa Fe. But man, we're about know. to – well, hopefully, you know, you pray to everything that Trace Ford stays healthy. Calling Oliver, 20 pounds heavier now. Yeah. Rob Glass what is he, doesn't – 247, 247, I think. Rob yeah. Glass doesn't put weight on a guy – if it's going to slow him down for what he does. He's not going to do that. So you have to, in my mind, you assume he's going, his feet go at the same speed. Yeah. That means there's two of them. Meet you at the quarterback. Brock Martin on the other side. And then you've got the two guys, you know, you're going to have two defensive tackle, two interior linemen, let's call them interior linemen, that are going to be run stoppers. Until we get to that speed package. And everybody's standing up. Everybody in the crowd's going crazy, waving their you know number threes and yeah. all that. And uh, Big Pete's up on the scoreboard blaring. That's that is the biggest pressing thing to me is the fact that we just added basically a Von Miller to the lineup. So you've got, and, and I've, I've mentioned this several times. I'm starting to see people percolate the idea through Twitter, and I'm like, oh, I've I've been talking about that. If you'd listen to the podcast, you've got. Maybe you they, have to. Maybe they do. That's it. Thanks okay. for giving us credit, you bunch of jerks. <laughs> um, no, but if you think about it, you've got you line Brock Martin up on the outside. You ha- you'll have Tyler Lacey on the inside because he'll be more down than he will be up. Then you run Sione Asi, and then you run Brendan Evers, and you run Colin Oliver. So you have you'll have five on the front, which is sometimes more than what typically does. Then you, but then beautifully, those those five you can drop one. Well, and you can disguise. Well, see, here's the thing. Then you throw Xavier Benson out there, and you run either Trace Ford or Colin Oliver as a hybrid linebacker, and you blitz all of them. Oh yeah, good luck. Oh yeah, and the perfect time you to do have that. A quick route. And the perfect time to do that in my mind, and you'll hear it coming up 
with Robert talking about the defensive line and OSU's offensive line, OSU can run three deep on the defensive line and really not miss a step. But you line up middle to the end of the third quarter or start mid of the fourth quarter when a game maybe not on the line but is close to being on the line and their their offensive line because you're most teams you're going to run one deep one and a half deep and then once you start to get to two it, it obviously starts to lack and then anything after that so you've got guys that are gassed you're the middle of the third quarter and you line that up against a a, a tiring offensive line you're either going to guarantee a sack mm-hmm. or you're going to and or guarantee a turnover and what you're also doing is you can you can mix in a guy like it's not just put in all the threes and we're fine. You mix in a third option at any of those positions yeah. with the other starters, and there's not a hole in the defense now. Absolutely. So we might be predicting the greatest defense of all time on Madden ratings right now. Of course, that's what it sounds like because this is preseason and everybody's healthy. Well, that's the biggest thing for for this team to me is staying healthy. It's it's uh, out yeah. of your control. Yeah. Because last year we saw what happens whenever the offensive line has to replace pieces. If yeah. the offensive line can stay healthy. Right now, we have a, on Pokes Report, they go through and, and say, give a, a good idea of projected depth chart. Uh, what you and Robert thought were probably who's starting at each position. Those guys stay healthy as a unit. And this works for any, works for the two corners. Any unit, defensive backs, offensive line, defensive line, Units that have to be out there at the same time when they're healthy and they get more plays, more plays, more yeah. plays together, the better you'll be. Well, and that's and I think that's what's important right there that you just hit on. We're projecting probably a top three, and I don't know where, but a top three defensive line unit on a whole. Um, do I think Phil Steele? Do Phil, I was that Phil Steele that the top three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know that I think it's oh, I think it's Alabama, Georgia, OSU. I think is I think is his order, um, and it's hard to argue with Phil Steele. But when you when you get past the when you get past the defensive line, I, I like Corey Black and I like Jabbar Muhammad. And you'll hear from Robert here in just a second. Jabbar is turning into probably the number one corner. Um, but once you get past Jabbar and Corey, you've got a bunch. Of, you have talent, but you have a lot of inexperience. Mm-hmm. When you look at safety, you've got guys like Jason Taylor, who I think is typically you have one one player that's going to be a candidate for Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year on every team. Oklahoma State's going to have two, maybe three. Trace Ford, Colin Oliver, and Jason Taylor, all depending on health, obviously. But I think Jason is going to be the best. I think Jason's probably going to be the, if not one of the best safeties in the Big 12 in the country this year. But once you get past Jason, once you get past Thomas Harper, you have talent, but you have a lot of inexperience. you got a lot of youth. So I think I have zero question. I have zero concern. I have zero worry about the defensive line. Uh, Xavier Benson for me, I need to see him perform, but I'm excited to see yep. him. So I'm I'm like 50-50 on the linebackers. I'm 50-50-ish on the corners, but the depth and then obviously the back end. So I think we're predi- I think we're predicting the like an all Madden defensive line, and then uh, the the starting corners are fun. I'm I'm looking forward to Xavier Benson, but everything else I need to. Obviously, you need to see it. Uh, and it's something that Tom kind of gives me grief for. You're hyping stuff up. You're hyping stuff up. Of course to, to an extent. But I think this defense could be as, as good as they were in 2020, or at least close to where they were in 2020. But, <coughs> excuse me, I need to see 
Xavier Benson and Mason Cobb, and I need to see Nathan Latou, and I need to see Lamont Bishop. I need to see I Corey Black. Some Lamont I think Bishop, I think Lamont's gonna him. Him and Nathan Latou are two guys that not many people have heard of. I think are gonna hear a lot of yeah, this. He year. got in at the end of the year last year, a couple games, and yeah. dude just flies. He's yeah. that guy that's always in the screen. Absolutely. When the ball, who is that took, guy? Who's, well, oh, he's oh, always either Lamont making Bishop. the tackle or he's the next guy to make a tackle with yeah. him. So it's there. The talent is there. You need the experience. You need to see it play itself out because I didn't expect the defense to be as good as it was, or even better than twenty twenty. This past year, 2021 may be probably the best defensive unit we've seen from an Oklahoma. I mean, across the board, the entire season. Now, there's better defend. There are better defenders, obviously Leslie O'Neill, and you have guys that, that from throughout the decades that are better players. But as a unit, as a whole, throughout the whole year, that's probably the best defensive unit we've ever seen. Well, let's get into Robert. Let's uh, let's hear from the expert. Yeah, this is a, this is really good. It I really is I was great. thinking eight to ten minutes because he's on the road. He's going home. He's got to do some work, and then he's coming back up for extreme camp. But forgive he, a little. Uh, there's a little little, little issue. Little, well, a little uh, cell phone thing. Yeah, you know. But we move on. Damn 5G! It'll get you. I'm telling you, man. 5G. If I see 5G UW, I'm like, ah, oh, it's worse. Nope. Turn no. it off. Uh, but we're gonna listen to Robert just a little bit because uh, it's really good. We went almost 20 minutes. Yeah. Almost 20 minutes with Robert. So here's that interview with Robert. Well, interview. It's not really an interview. Uh, Conversation. It's, it's the boss man providing insight. Joining us now on the Pokes Report podcast is the publisher of Pokes Report, Mr. Robert Allen, joining us for a couple of minutes here uh, to talk a little Oklahoma State football, a little fall camp. Robert, certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk to us lowly podcasters. (laughs) Uh, You guys sell advertising on that, I think, so there's nothing lowly when you're making money. That is true. That that is true. I I I will grant you that, so... Uh, we're we're a couple days. We're two days into fall camp. I guess technically three days into fall camp, and uh, you were yeah. out you were out there the past couple of days. So uh, without giving away too much uh, premium content, why don't you kind of fill us in just a little bit about how they're looking this early on? Well, you know, even though they got into shoulder pads on Friday, which is you know August, I think well we August fifth, um, and there was some hitting going on today you're still kind of sizing everybody up based on, you know, what kind of the beauty contest and how guys look coming out of the summer. As much as I know there's people that want to believe the offensive line is going to suck to high heaven, I'm really impressed. I mean, um, when I look at a starting offensive line, if they played today, Caleb Etienne would be at left tackle. uh, Joe Mahalski would be at left guard. Uh, you know, Preston Wilson would be at center, Hunter Woodard at, at right guard, and Jake Springfield at right tackle. That's a good-looking offensive line. I mean, they they look the part, and I still think there's two positions inside that. Uh, left guard, where I think Tyrone Weber is going to press uh, Mahalski, and Jason Brooks is going to press Springfield at the right tackle. So I think there'll be competition there, but that's a good-looking group. And then you've got Casey Collier, the transfer from USC. You've got, uh, oh, who else would be uh, a backup there? Uh, you know, that's, uh, I'm trying to think. Zach, you can help me. The guy from Ardmore Plainview. Uh, uh, Eli Russ. 
Eli, yeah, Eli, Eli is at uh, the backup to, to Hunter Woodard. Uh, so you've got, you know, you, you've got guys. And, uh, and I think it looks kind of like what Mike Gundy thought it was going to look like in spring back when you, you only had seven guys out there practicing. So uh, not worried about the offensive line. Uh, the defensive line is incredible. I mean, you can go three deep there and, and feel really good about it. Um, you know, uh, quarterbacks, that's the, the, the two places that are going to get the most, you know, observation or the most, uh, you know, uh, deep dive will be backup quarterbacks. Can't tell you who it's going to be. Pretty much close to even. Uh, and then um, the um, – Oh, what was it? oh, running back. I mean, and, and it's not known We just need to know that they're going to have the kind of staying power you need to have at that position. Dominic Richardson's got to prove he's no game season, answer the call back, and then you've got to have a couple of backups. Uh, Ollie Gordon, much to the delight, I'm sure, but everybody out there is getting a lot of reps. So they act like they're getting Ollie Gordon ready to play. Now, as a freshman, can he be that kind of tough guy? We're going to find out. Hey, Robert, I'm fascinated by the offensive line. I know that um, you know most people don't focus in on that, and, and honestly, I don't either. But but with Charlie Dickey coming from Kansas State, he is used to having to piece this together. He's not used to getting five-star guys and filling them across the board, and that's who you're going to go with. You've got to plug and play. You've got to figure out who works best at left guard versus right guard. Is he suited for this type of assignment? <laughs> that That's assuming that he's got a bunch of four- and five-stars he's working with here, and that's not necessarily the case. I mean – Tyrone Weber ended up being a, a four-star lineman coming out of New Mexico military, but your partner there sitting next to you can tell you when he showed up, he he looked like an unrated guy. Yeah, he was about, what, 275 of, maybe? Well, and that's exactly what I'm when talking come, about, that all these guys, we, we don't have a bunch of four- and five-star. There's not just the automatic, this guy's going to. Well, and, and, well and, and Charlie Dickey didn't at Kansas State either. I mean, he, he took – three walk-ons at K-State that are now in the NFL. So, I mean, this, this is this is really kind of Charlie Dickey's type package. Yes. That... Now, I think what a lot of Oklahoma State fans want is they want a guy that would come in, coach the offensive line, and recruit four- and five-star offensive linemen and load it up like, you know, an Alabama or a Texas A&M or – that recruiting class Texas just pulled in. Oklahoma State recruited most of those guys Texas ended up signing on the offensive line. But Oklahoma State also doesn't have a offensive line collective society NIL deal that's going to pay each of them $50,000 a year. Yeah, that's the big thing there. So, you know, you, you, you've got to do with what you've got. And I think you know, I've also seen comments, Charlie Dickey's too old. You know, Charlie Dickey has forgotten more football than any of those guys writing comments on the on the uh, websites have, have ever known. So, um, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried about Charlie Dickey. I'm not worried about the offensive line. I'm probably more worried about the people that can't get off criticizing it uh, because they, I, they, they may need to see a counselor. Yeah. Uh, so but here's, here's the other thing, too. Yeah. Everybody's got to have something to bitch about. Yeah, that's And that's if true. offensive yeah. line's what their bitch is, then great. Go bitch. And, and, and then, you know, after the, the season starts, if the offense didn't put enough points and there's no, uh, you know, there's no holes for the uh, running backs to run through and if Spencer's spending more time on his back than he is upright throwing the football, I'll join in. Well, and to be, to right be fair, now, though, about, I, don't, about, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, and to be fair about Spencer, though, I mean, if Spencer's spending time on his back, then that's that's a Spencer problem because you go to last year. I, I think this line could be – now, I'll reiterate what, I, what I've said before. There is no Danny Goodlefsky and Josh Sills, at least not right now. you gotta you got to try to figure out those pieces. But the offensive line at times struggled last year. I, I think they could be just as good, if not a little bit better. And Spencer had the fewest sacks, one of the fewest sack totals in the country. So if Spencer's getting sacked, then we got more than an offensive line problem. No, there's no doubt about it. And, and Spencer, again, is one of those quarterbacks that, he helps that sack total because he's mobile and he can run and move around. But let's also look at this, Zach. When Spencer's at his best throwing the football, he has become a guy that can drop back, sit in the pocket, and when he's able to look downfield, read the defense, make the decision, and not be worried about pressure, Spencer's a better quarterback. Oh, no question. No question. So, so – that's what the offensive line needs to be responsible for. They need to be responsible for giving Spencer that opportunity to be the best quarterback he can be. And I think I think they will. Robert, who do you see winning the one-on-one battles right now, wide receiver, defensive backs, when they're going at each other in practice? Oh, I think there's a good uh, – there's a good give and take there. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad is he and and, and this really happened spring has become a shutdown corner. I, I know everybody's going to say, well, Corey Black's a bigger guy, maybe even the more athletic guy, but Jabbar Muhammad is. We had a guy back in the day, Broderick Brown. That he he wasn't five eight. He might have been five seven and a half. But he was a, he was a Braylon Presley 5'8"? Yeah, he was, he was, no, he was a legit 5'7 five, five, and a half, 5'8", but he became a bulldog in coverage as a corner. Uh, people remember the spectacular play he made on the sideline against Oklahoma. Probably the, probably the greatest uh, interception that we've, we've seen. That was up for an ESPY, well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely one of the greatest interceptions I've seen. Yeah. That's what and Jamar Muhammad's every bit 5'11". He has become that guy. I mean, guys can't get open on him. So, Jabbar Muhammad wins most of his reps. But, um, you know, other than that, and, and I, I think Jordan Reagan's having had a good spring, having a good camp, the Kelby and Beeman, DeMarco Jones, these are names that those guys have been percolating on the side for a couple of years at corner. Um yeah, that, I'd say that, Jason Taylor has already had a couple of picks 
in practice, but that shouldn't be a surprise. That's what Jason Taylor does. Yeah. But, you know, Jaden Bray is making, you know, he, he makes plays. Braden Johnson makes plays. That's the good thing right now about the wide receiver core and the, the secondary. They're having it, – it's a, if it was a tug of war, that that little piece of, of uh, cloth that decides who's winning, it, it keeps kind of juggling from the middle to one side to the other, back to the middle, back over. Yeah, that's, that's not – now, the offensive line and the defensive line, I know I bragged earlier about the offensive line, the defensive line wins a lot of battles, and they should. You know, I mean, Phil Steele called this the third best defensive line group in the country. Yeah. And I think he may, I mean, I think he may be off. I think he may be one or two. And I know we're still talking about Alabama. They're probably one. Georgia lost a lot of guys. But I, this defensive line is unbelievable. So they win a lot of battles with the offensive line, but that's okay because the offensive line at Oklahoma State's not going to see a better defensive line in any game this season. Not in any single game will they see a better defensive line than what they see every day in practice. Well, and you're not going to see probably not a better player than a plus 20 pounds Colin Oliver. There's no way those tackles are going to see anybody faster, stronger, well, and, and throw Trace Ford, who's back, and, and as good yeah. as he is. Brock, or, uh, uh, oh, Brock Martin. Yeah, Brock. Uh, Cody Waltersheed. Nathan Latou. Yeah. Most Cowboy fans don't even know who Nathan Latou is. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. But he's, he's six foot five, 255 pounds of, you know, whoop butt that. Hopefully, he's going to get some chances. I mean, his twin brother is going into his second year starting at tight end for Nick Saban at Alabama. So, that's what I'm saying. You know, Tyler Lacey's probably going to play more defensive tackle than end. Uh, you got uh, Brandon Evers back. You've got Sionia C., Samuele Tui Alamanca. You got Aiden Kelly. I hate the fact that I have a hard time squeezing Aiden Kelly into the conversation. And I think he's going to be a stud. So this defensive line is three deep at every position. And if the threes are in, you're not sweating. Uh, Before we let you go, I do want to, and I know we're only a couple days into practice, but something that, uh, at least in my mind, is one of the bigger questions. We know what we're going to get for the most part, out of Jabbar and, and Corey Black, and we know what we're going to get out of Jason Taylor and Thomas Harper. But when we look at some of the backups, and, and you mentioned a few that, I've, that I, I have questions about, J, you know, Jordan Reagan and, and uh, you know, Sean Michael Flanagan and, and DeMarco Jones, guys that have been here in the system and kind of cycled in and cycled out. What can we expect the, the twos and the threes at corner and safety to kind of look like? Well, I mean, I think on the corners you're going to see uh, – some combination of DeKelvey and Beeman, uh, Jordan Reagan, and DeMarco Jones. Uh, at safety, you're going to see Kanayan Williams a lot, Sean Michael Flanagan. Uh, eventually, Kendall Daniels is going to be a starter. I mean, Kendall Daniels is, I mean, he's, he's maybe the next great thing on this football team. Um, 
so, yeah, I mean, Cam Smith is a guy that I look at that's young that I like a lot. Lyric Rawls is another guy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, the thing is, Zach, it's, it's guys we knew were there because of the guys you've had. Yeah. They haven't played that much, but it's their time. That's, that's it. And this is their time. And I think they're, after two to three years, depending on which one you're talking about, of practicing and training. And remember, since COVID, OSU, they, they go three deep in practice with, with uh, teams. So, and they all get the same number of reps. So those guys have practiced as much as the starters. Now it's their time to not just practice, but to also get into games and hold up their end of the bargain on Saturday. Robert, last one for me. What have you seen from Mr. Polk's report, Xavier Benson? Um, well, I mean, he hasn't been able to tear any heads off yet, but because uh, they haven't tackled. They'll, they'll get into full pads and actually take some people to the ground starting next Tuesday. I like that you said but, yet. Um, yet. Um, yeah, as far as knowing the position and, and, and being able to – function that's the big thing i've judged him on and and there's no doubt that he's the most experienced guy back there he he already knows the answers you see lamont bishop you see mason cobb nick martin they're from the same high school although nick's three or four classes behind benson in fact nick says benson was his hero when he was playing at pleasant grove high school um he, you know, those guys go to uh, Xavier to ask, hey, am I doing this right? Is this what I'm supposed to do here? And Xavier's able to answer their question. And that's really after losing Malcolm, you know, Rodriguez and Devin Harper both, you needed to have that encyclopedia player back there that, you know, when push came to shove and somebody forgot, okay, what do I do in this scheme? He can answer the question and he – He's able to do that. Really athletic, in great shape. Uh, probably admitted to me a couple of weeks ago, probably the best shape of his life. And um, he totally bought into the Rob Glass body by glass package or program. And so, yeah, I think Xavier Benson's going to be exactly what you need. Not not just a guy that can make plays and tackles, but a guy that'll be a leader at linebacker, even though he's never been here. When you started a year at Tech, then you go to Tyler. That's the other thing people forget about. And I know it because I had a son that was a junior junior college coach. When you go from having all the stuff you get at a Division I school, all the luxury, tutors, gear, the food, trainers, weight coaches, <laughs> all the flying on a jet to the road games, and you go to a junior college and live that for a year, when you get put to the high life, you appreciate it a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think you'll get I think you'll get a lot of good play out of Xavier Benson because he understands that. Hey, man, I'm lucky to be here, and I'm gonna play my butt off while I am. So, and he's got two years, so you'll get him back next year.
Yeah, that's huge. Robert, hey, I appreciate your time. And uh, like you just mentioned, uh, like Brian just mentioned, you can catch Xavier Benson uh, just about each week here on uh, PokesReport.com. He's our featured featured journalist. At practice this morning, I I said, hey, let me know Saturday or Sunday and let's schedule a meet and get you – because I think fans want to know how he's feeling, just like Brian asked me. They want to know how he's feeling after the first – first week of fall camp yeah. so uh we'll we'll get it we'll get another installment with him pretty quick yeah looking forward to it robert i appreciate your time and uh we'll talk to you here in the next couple of days with media days coming up all right thanks guys thank you that was awesome. That was good. I, t- I knew it always is. Uh, Robert's fantastic and and especially when he agree like he was in the mood to do a podcast yeah. and robert and podcast are just like why would you why would you want to work radio and then go and do internet radio? <laughs> and I'm like, what's well, all you the, tell me? It's all the rage, man. And so he was on, he was good. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, that's going to do it for the Pokes Report podcast. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we will record one early next week because we've got uh, early morning practice um, tomorrow. We're going to watch players as the last chance to film. And then we're going to talk to, I think they have 36 players lined up that we're going to get to talk to. Including, Are you saying you need my help? Including Gunner Gundy. We're going to get our first chance. And, and uh, what you just heard from Robert is Gunner and Garrett are basically neck and neck for that backup spot. There's really, as of right now, there's no difference. Now, we're gonna, we don't get to talk to Garrett. He's a freshman. He's a first-year player. Um, but all the guys that are in contention, all the starters and all the backups, um, basically anyone that is going to be a starter is – we're going to get to talk to you on Saturday. So, and then right after that, about forty minutes later, we're going to talk hey, to Mike. See Dundee. if you can grab an extreme camp guy and just, I just think, grab some well, for that, this. And that's and, the thing. I think Robert, um, he'll be there tonight, and I'll talk to him. But I think he'll have a he'll have a couple articles. Oh, good. So he'll have numbers. So we'll reach out and see if maybe we can grab Sweet. someone. Um, and I've been in communication with Kenyatta, but obviously he's really really busy. And Robert beforehand said, um, not Kenyatta, sorry, uh, Rashetti. Um, I was talking to Levi about Kenyatta. Uh, talk about other great players in Oklahoma State history. But um, I've been in contact with Rashetti, and he's been really, really busy. And Robert is going to talk to Rashetti. Yeah. So we're, we're going to work on trying to get him. That'll so. be great. I can't, yeah. I can't wait to talk to him. He was here in such a pivotal time for OSU Absolutely. football. For we'll talk about another great former Oklahoma State player that would uh, – it's insane. So yep. that's going to do it for the Pokesport Podcast. For Brian uh, Murphy, for Robert Allen, for Zach Lancaster, I will uh, – I will – we will. We. We'll talk to you next time here on PokesReport.com.